0: Okay, so hello everyone. Welcome to the second Bricem Indonesia Professional Women's Group webinar, Consumer Behavior in the New Normal. I am Asti, Events Coordinator at Bricem Indonesia. Today we are joined by our three panelists, Venumadav, General Manager at Kantar World Panel Division, Mia Tris Cahyani. Director of Consumer Panel Services at Nielsen Indonesia and last but not least, Ashran Datogazi, CEO at Datel Asia. Today's session will be moderated by Sony Jatnani, the Chairwoman of Bricem Professional Women's Group. And before we start, allow me to review the functionality of this webinar. Today's webinar is being recorded and we will be able to share a link with you when it's available after this webinar is completed. All the in participants will be muted to avoid background noises that may distract you from listening to this webinar and also to enable our panelists to present without interruption. And if you have any questions, please type them into the Q&A box at any time. It is at the bottom center of your screen. And we will have time for Q&A session at the end to answer your questions. And now I'm going to hand the screen over to Chris Wren, the Executive Director of BriChem Indonesia, to open today's webinar.
1: Thank you very much, Asti, for that uh, introduction to everybody. Um, Good afternoon to everybody that's over in Indonesia or Southeast Asia. Um, good morning to those that have joined us from the UK. Uh, it's a real pleasure to uh, welcome you all to this professional women's group webinar. This is the second uh, since uh, we've all been affected by COVID. Congratulations to Sonny and her team on putting together a great panel. Um, <clears throat> and with that, I, I'd like to uh, thank very, very much for their time Uh, to Mia, to Venu, to Ashran uh, for joining us as well. Um, As I was watching the news earlier this morning, and I say this morning, my secret is that I'm in the UK personally, Um, there was a lot of speculation um, on the news as to whether the British consumers are going to actually come out in force, and if they are, how quickly they're going to. And this against the backdrop, of a new spike in one area of the UK, Leicester, which has now been put into an individual lockdown. The sense is that consumer confidence is actually going to be very, very slow in returning in the UK, in spite of uh, lots of offers and inducements. Um, But the government really need consumers to come out. 100 billion pounds has been put into supporting business through furloughing, which is paying people to stay, uh, to to remain in work, but not actually working, uh, to put off the onset of unemployment and many, many other of the consequences that are likely to come in, um, still at the moment uh, unaccountable consequences that are likely to come in over the next few months. So it is just so relevant. And as we know, Indonesia has been very, very resilient in the past to financial shakeups uh, in the world and its resilience is based upon the fact that over 50% of gdp comes from the domestic spending so getting indonesians back to those regular habits of consumer spending is going to be absolutely critical to indonesia as well So this particular webinar is is very, very topical. It's very, very important at a political level, uh, at a corporate level, at a personal level as well. And uh, I certainly will be uh, looking forward to going through some of the insights later on that are gonna be shared from Ashram, Venu, and Mia. With that, I noticed there are a lot of non-members of BritCham on this webinar. We're delighted to welcome you as our guests. It's always a pleasure. And uh, hopefully, over the next few months, at some stage, our team will will try to induce you to become a more formal member of our community by becoming members of Britjam. With that, uh, I'm going to pass the baton to Sonny, who's gonna be uh, moderating and seeing us smoothly through this particular webinar. Once again, I'd like to thank you all for joining us. I'd like to thank our panel, for sharing their expertise and their time with us. Uh, uh, Sonny, over to you.
2: Thank you, Chris. And thank you, everyone, for joining us today. My name is Soni Jadnani, and I am the chairwoman of the British Chamber Professional Women Group. Our group has been active for the last 10 years, and I am very proud to say that BritCham is the only Chamber of Commerce that has a women-only sector group. So we are really grateful and uh, we look forward to, as Chris said, all those people who are new to us, please join us. We have a lot of webinars and I think Bridge has been very, very active, especially this time with putting up uh, uh, online webinars almost every week. So we look forward to seeing you more often. And this topic is really something that is very close to my heart. We had wanted to do this before COVID, but at that time, we were trying to do an online, uh, an offline event. And I remember Ashran saying, I'm not allowed to travel anymore from Malaysia to Indonesia. And so we put this topic on the shelf. And then I thought, with July coming up and uh, with all the talk about Indonesia's new normal economy, this is the time that we should reintroduce this topic. And I got in touch with all the speakers who are also BritChamp members and they agreed to do this. So thank you so much to all the speakers and without further ado, I'm going to introduce our first uh, presenter that's from Kantar, Venu Madhav. Venu Madhav is the general manager of Kantar World Panel Division and uh, he manages the KWP business growth through client acquisition, improving service quality, client satisfaction and introducing new offers to meet Indonesia's client requirements. He's got 20 years experience in market research and he has worked across different research streams such as retail, customized and media for research companies such as Kantar Group and Nielsen. For today, Venu will be presenting uh, on the consumer behavior at home. Now, if we look at consumer spending, FNG, FMCG spending on branded foods, beverages, home care, and personal care constitute the primary needs of Indonesia, followed by eating out, entertainment, and traveling, which constitute the secondary and tertiary needs. As we know, with COVID-19, consumers have been impacted across all segments and all needs. So Venu will be talking about the impact of COVID-19 on the primary needs, which is the FMCG sector. So over to you, Venu.
3: Thank you. Thank you, Sony, and good afternoon, everyone. Uh, and it's my pleasure to be presenting this. Uh, I will take about 10 minutes and uh, let me share my screen. Yeah, and and I guess I uh, think uh, post what uh, President Jokowi told us about uh, three or was it four weeks ago that Indonesia is now going to get into a new normal and hence I've just uh, called my presentation as embracing this new normal. And as Sony mentioned that this is going to be a lot about what is the, what is happening to in-home consumption and how thanks to People having to stay at home uh, for the last three to four months, um, they have have changed their behavior and what has happened to their purchase behavior. So I've I've split the section into three. First, I'm going to talk about what what changes have we seen in the consumer behavior and purchases. Based on on what we have seen over the past um, 16 weeks or so, uh, we we want to just take a uh, punt at trying to estimate or what we can expect will remain in terms of the behaviors and what will come back to normal. And lastly, I'll just touch upon a few pointers in terms of what do companies need to do in this new normal. So if you look at a good indicator of what is happening in terms of the consumer behavior is to understand first is about what is happening to their mobility. So here we have looked at some information trends in terms of uh, the Google mobility index. And uh, the green line that you see here is the average mobility. And as you can see, if the normal was zero, then in the Indonesian consumer is now at about minus 40 in terms of the mobilities. So about 40% of the consumers are really not traveling, are not going to work, and end up spending time at home in, in, their, in, their, in their residence. And that's, and that's been consistent, for, except for maybe towards the end when, uh, when we had the Idul Fitri week of the, uh, the last week of May. That's when we, we saw a little bit of a dip. But otherwise, it's been consistent in terms of uh, the average mobility being quite low or, or coming down significantly, which means that the consumers are staying at home. And hence, so what happens to the consumer behavior at home in terms of what do they buy? and as i said uh, or as sony also mentioned earlier that this is we are talking about categories which consume uh, which consumers consume at their home so if you look at the, the 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 behavior on the categories and this is the total fmcg so what we what we do here is that we we track on a weekly basis what do, what is it that people are buying for their in home consumption and the the dotted uh, black line is is what tells us about how the movement has been. And it has gone up significantly. It's gone up now, and, and as an index versus February, which I would call as pre-COVID, we're seeing the indexes as high towards the, uh, the pay week and the higher week, which is the, the Ramadan period, is when it is almost hit about 15% higher. Uh, and it's seen across all socioeconomic classes, whether it's the upper class, the middle class, and even the lower class. The lower class probably has gone a bit higher because they are the ones who are, are uh, impacted a lot more by the, the higher and the pay week when they have more money in pocket. And they would tend to spend those uh, to, uh, for consum- uh, consumption of food and beverages. So definitely from, the, from an FMCG point of view or primary needs point of view, there has been a significant increase over the past four months. <clears throat> And in terms of channels, and this is very interesting because where, where do they buy from? And we split the channels into four types. We call them the traditional trade, which is your toko warung, the mini market, which is the standard alpha-mart and Indomart kind of stores, hyper and super markets, and then the online. Online saw a bit of peak during the first week, uh, uh, second week of March, which was mainly because I think some categories were not available in the traditional trade, like hand sanitizers, face masks, and people went to online and started buying those. But otherwise, it's not a very big channel. As you see, it only contributes about 1.4% in terms of the number of people who who buy through online, as against some of the other Southeast Asian markets, which are at 5% for Thailand and Malaysia, and about 9% for Vietnam. So Indonesia is anyway quite low, and hence, the dependence of consumers is still on what we call as proximity channels, which is stores which are close to their homes, which is essentially traditional trade and mini markets. And over the last, uh, if you look at the last four months, we have seen that mini markets have been consistently performing better. So people are tending to go to mini markets. Uh, probably they feel it's, it's much more safer there. And also mini markets have implemented a lot of safety measures. Uh, when, when you go to a mini market now, you find that there's a plastic screen in front of the cashier, there are, the, the people are wearing face masks. So all of those gives the consumer a bit of confidence on, on it being a safe channel to go and purchase from. And that's also possibly contributing to why mini market has been consistently doing better. However, this is an another interesting one which talks about how the, the shift has happened. So, we track both what consumers buy for in home consumption and what they buy for out of home consumption. And even in the categories which are very typically out of home categories like snacks, liquid milk, and beverages, in all of them we see that in home consumption has gone up much faster than out of home. So, essentially, this tells us that because of consumers now staying at home, they're actually now not, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're making that shift of not going out and hence not consuming outside, but consuming those categories in home. What has happened post the new normal starting in? The first phase of post uh, the new normal has started about two weeks ago. And as we heard the announcement yesterday from Governor Anis is that it's going to continue for a few more weeks. And, and then maybe there may be further, uh, you know, announcements to be made. We do see that when, when the new normal got announced, we do see that the residential mobility has come down, and average mobility has also started to move up, which means consumers have now, while they still have, uh, still it's still below zero, so the, it still means that there are a lot of people who are still staying at home. However, there is a there is an upward movement, that is people have started to go out and and, and that's, that's good news because, as, as, as Chris was also mentioning, as, as if there is no lockdown, people go out, people start to spend. And that's what businesses thrive on. People, they want people to spend. But the, the the other thing I would like to also point out is that we, we do this tracking on a daily basis in terms of checking what are the concern levels of people. And interesting is that even though when the new normal came in, the, it's not... Gone up, nor has it gone down now why is it interesting is because one would have expected with the new normal it should have gone down right we want people to go out the 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 restrictions are slowly being removed, so you would want people you you would expect that people would be less concerned. however, on the other side, we also know that the number of cases in Indonesia on a daily basis is increasing it's it's uh, almost you know, averaging. 1,100 to 1,200 new cases every day. And maybe that's the reason why we don't see that concern, that, that Indonesians are not saying that they, that they are reducing in their concerns. They are still pretty pretty high on being concerned about what is happening to COVID or due to COVID. The next one we would like to look at is what, what, do, what are people feeling about it? And this is where we, we asked a question on, on a large scale study. And the, the things that I'm pointing out here, people are still saying that they are worried to leave home. And that's, in fact, gone up from before the normal versus after the new normal was announced. So from a 40%, it has gone up to 46%. Most, almost one in two people are saying that they are still worried about leaving home. Also, they're not that eager to start hanging out with friends. And remember the Indonesian psyche and their behavior. It's, to, it's a lot about... Collectivism, doing things together, hanging out with friends, meeting, socializing—all of that is. While it was already restricted, people are still not feeling comfortable, even though the new normal has come in. They're also saying that they're not really that keen about going out and eating in in restaurants and barong. In fact, that number has come down in the terms of number of people who really want to go out and eat in restaurants and barong. The other interesting one, which is, is that. Return to work. So here we ask them whether are you are you are you enthusiastic about going back to your office or work? It's actually come down. People are not enthusiastic to go back to work, but at the same time they want their kids to go to school. So they just want the schools and colleges to reopen, and that has gone up. So it's a bit. I I wouldn't know whether whether I should call it a very uh, you know an opposite reaction. Saying I wouldn't want to go to work, but I want my kids to go off to school. On the financial anxiety, and I think this is an interesting one, which is because businesses depend on, on a lot on what do consumers feel about it. And here we see that pe- that people are going to start spending. That they, they have now come to accept that this is that that COVID is going to stay for some more time, and there is uh, there is a need that I should I should start spending. They they still have the feeling that that this, this will stay, but, but I need to start spending. I, and they're also less worried about their job and income. So these are two positive things I would, I would say, that people are now willing to open their purse strings. And especially uh, while we have seen that primary needs and are, are doing well in terms of the FMCG industry, but what is important is also the secondary and the tertiary, which is eating out, entertainment, and those. And if consumers are saying that they want to now spend and they want to now you know don't, not that much worried about saving, so that it, it's a positive indicator that people are wanting to spend so let's look at what to expect if we going forward the We break it down across by categories, and here we see that we believe that food is is going to see an extended uplift because people are still concerned about eating out and and going to restaurants and warungs, which means that cooking at home will still remain an important habit. And, and, and hence, we feel that food categories will see an extended uplift going into the second half of the year. Uh, beverages and uh, home care, we would see would be back to normal. Dairy is another category which we see would have a sustained uplift. And the reason for that is people have started to consume these categories, saying that they would provide them with immunity for their health. The other one, which is a challenging one, would be the personal care. That would take a bit longer to recover. But what are they doing at home? So when they're at home, they, they tend to spend a lot of time on digital. And they're seeing a lot more advertising on digital. And interestingly, a lot of this advertising is coming through social media as well as with online videos. And hence, I think these are some opportunities for us in terms of how do we want to engage with our consumers. And this is going to continue because people still would prefer to stay at home. Hence, they would see a lot of advertising. So there is a way to reach out to our consumers, especially through the social media and the online videos. So let me conclude by what companies need to do in in the new normal. Well, we we have seen that people still prefer to stay at home. They're still a bit worried about going back to work. So we need to have a rethink about what is going to be our go-to-market strategy. At an emotional level, the, the collectivism and the affiliative traits that Indonesians are known for, those are being challenged because people are at home. They are only spending a lot of quality time with their families. But be, knowing that the Indonesian traits, we would, they, they are being challenged on how are they going to spend time with friends and uh, colleagues. And hence, we need to find a creative way of how do we reach our consumers. And one of the ways is obviously through the digital medium, and especially social media, which has been growing phenomenally during this period. So this brings to the end of my presentation. Back to you, Sonia.
2: Thank you, Venu, for that insightful uh, data. And also, it's great to hear that consumers are actually eager to start spending again. (laughs) On that note, I would like to introduce Mia. Mia Twischayani is the Director of Consumer Panel Service of Nielsen Indonesia. Mia is a seasoned expert in retail and at Nielsen, she has spent 16 years in retail measurement service before leading the Consumer Panel Service since three and a half years ago. Today, Mia will be presenting to us the general consumer spending focusing on leisure, which includes recreation, fashion, and dining out. And this presentation will lead on to the research done on consumers' intention to visit malls, which is the highlight of our topic today. And this research was done by Nielsen in May of 2020. So over to you, Mia.
4: Thank you, Buzani. Okay, uh, good afternoon, everyone. Um, thank you to Bridgeham uh, team for inviting Nielsen to this insightful sharing session. And also thank you to Fenu uh, for sharing some insights on consumers FMCG at home. I would like to start the topic with a little background on Indonesia um, economy, which links closely to how consumers' spending have changed um, because of the pandemic, and impacting the many of consumers' behavior, including intentions on shopping or visiting malls. Um, it's been a challenging year with um, first quarter GDP growth at 2.9% 2. Um, 2. Uh, year-on-year, already well short of um, the usual 5% growth expectation. The restrictions or the PSBB was cited as one of the key factors um, for Ibu Trimulyani's estimate for a downturn in the second quarter with a minus um, 3%. So maybe we'll see in the next um, couple of days uh, on the announcement on what is the uh, Q2 GDP growth uh, will be like from the government. Now, aside from the low GDP growth, uh, inflation rates have also slowed down for the past three months. Unlike the same period last year, this was a lebaran, a festive period that was much less um, to be excited about. This is an alarming signal for business inflation should not be too high or or too low. Too high means money becomes less valuable, but too low and inflation also means less demand and not good for many industries. Consumer Confidence Index, uh, taken from the um, Bank Bank Indonesia, which was already in a downtrend in Q1 and plummeted to the lowest level since 15 years ago. in May, yeah, as of May, when there was a belly bombing, like I remember in 2005. So at that time, consumer confidence was at the lowest point. Now the decline was driven by uh, concerns around uh, current income, um, job availability, which also reflected to consumers' desire to spend. The lower the confidence, the lower the consumer will spend. That um, is usually what happens, yeah um, connecting to the macroeconomy. Now, income compressions triggered um, consumers across the socioeconomic class to, uh, to readjust their, their wallet spending and to some extent limiting the spend on leisure. Consumers who are experiencing income compression will um, reduce their tertiary needs, yeah, such as holiday travels, entertainment. Those are the, the first ones to cut. From our consumer panel data, the latest ongoing survey on household spending across all SES shows a 7% decline year on year in terms of average family spending during um, COVID situation. Some expenses turned out to be higher compared to before COVID-19 situation. Um, as we see upper and middle SES spend more on daily basic necessities um, or the FMCG yeah, uh, as they prepare uh, meals more frequently at home and fulfill their family, health and hygiene well-being as also Feno has already shared previously. Um, however, FMCG uh, only contributes around 10 to 12% of family expenses as there are other bigger expenses where household must allocate their income such as fresh food and staples, um, saving and loans um, and leisure. Now, the reason why family spending is decreasing actually um, driven by leisures, as people cut down their spending on dining out, recreation and entertainment, as well as fashion. The spending decline um, in leisure happens consistently across all SES, with upper SES contributing the most to the decline, considering they are the ones uh, who usually have higher spending compared to the other SES. Now, we ask consumers about when they will be ready to do different kind of activities um, post the restrictions. Um, Their first priority is to visit family and friends and also attend religious activities. So it turns out Indonesians are quite um, religious, Yeah, majority of the population. Um, In July, they are willing to attend live events and visiting shopping malls. And then starting maybe August, they are quite confident to do domestic travels and maybe watching cinema, while in the towards end of the year, international travel and attending concerts are um, considered. Now, uh, for many Indonesians, after staying home for more than two months, yeah, the urge to be out there is real. We cannot wait to feel normal, as you can see that in these pictures we found um, in, in Instagram in the or in other um, social media. Now, talking about Um, shopping behavior as related to the leisure. We also did a specific survey among the regular mall visitors um, in Jakarta about their visit during the restriction and after. So apparently about half um, still visited mall during the PSBB or the restriction to buy essential items like grocery shopping uh, because many of the hypermarkets of course located uh, inside a shopping mall and also pharma categories. Yeah? And then once the restriction was lifted, um, two-thirds intend to go and up to 80, 84% will go during the new normal yeah? or after the pandemic per se, provided that the shopping malls uh, really put in place proper procedures to ensure visitors' health and safety. Then among uh, those who plan to visit, there are differences in terms of activities. Before the pandemic, um, the mall traffic is more driven by uh, purchasing food, uh, beverage, and also going to the cinema. Whereas to the uh, right-hand side of the chart, um, after the pandemic, mall visit is more driven by grocery shopping, apparently, and then lighter leisure activities like refreshing um, um, to have refreshing atmosphere, and also buying snacks, yeah, um, for a quick um, indulgence per se. So this has become a new, can be a new challenge for restaurants in mall because then people spend less time and not, maybe not so keen on doing a, a eating dine-in. Now, what happened to the rest 16% of the respondents who answered they are unlikely to visit the mall even in new normal, many of them Um, claim it is for health related reasons, be it the health protocols carried by the mall management or maybe worry about getting infected, infected from other people visiting um, and so on. However, a small group of them gave the answer of restrained spending as a reason, which totally makes sense related to the income compression and they have to adjust their share of wallet. Now. Uh, related to the health protocols, um, these are the general Jakarta consumers' expectations toward malls and including uh, its tenants inside the mall. Aside from wearing masks at all times and provide hand sanitizers, uh, consumers understand and at the same time expects that each tenants, whether it's stores, restaurants, or cinema, must also keep people traffic inside their premise low for a good physical distancing. Um, So I will conclude uh, my session, so with the background that I've shared about our macroeconomic condition in uh, closing of uh, the first quarter and then also the estimate of Q2 which soon we will hear from the government, consumer spending is clearly impacted as income is pressured for many Indonesians because um, majority of Indonesian uh, consumers are middle and lower SES. Consumers are now really careful in spending their money, if not already suffered actually, depending on their circumstances. Therefore, in big cities like in Jakarta with the opening of malls, reopening of malls, refreshing atmosphere is what consumers seek for um, among the main objectives to go to to the mall. However, we must expect consumers will not be spending time uh, inside mall as much as before, especially those who are concerned with health and safety of their um, own families at home. Will this mean less window shopping and furthermore less shopping? Yeah, we don't know yet. The longer people stay inside mall, the more crowded it gets, obviously. So physical distancing would be uh, difficult. So as people nowadays prioritize the basic, yang yeah, penting-penting saja, as most Indonesians would say, This is something that we need to to action upon. Last but not least, health protocols are mandatory to be implemented and monitored closely. Consumers' expectation towards um, public places, um, especially malls, where they want to experience refreshing atmosphere safely without worry of getting infected disease from others. So that's all from me, over to you Sonny.
2: Thank you, Mia, for that insightful uh, sharing, especially about consumer intentions to visit malls or not. And uh, before I introduce our last panelist, I would like to remind everyone, if you have questions, please put it in the question and answer chat, as we will be uh, questioning the panel as soon as uh, Ashton is done with his presentation. And when you put your question, can you please tell us to whom you would like to direct the question to? As we may not have time for all three panelists to answer each and every question. Yeah. And now, last but not least, we have our final panelist, Ashran Dato Ghazi, who is joining us from KL Malaysia. Thank you, Ashran, for joining us. And Ashran is actually the CEO of Datel Asia. He is a man of multiple hats, and he has gone through the ups and downs of many business ventures and he is now a known figure in the entrepreneurship ecosystem. Ashran has co-founded many, many startups and uh, besides his direct ventures, he also serves as advisor, mentor, board member, and chairman to a few companies, which include venture builders, accelerators, and startups. So today, Ashran will be presenting to us about how we should reimagine our consumers. How do we need to rethink how we view consumers? And how can we identify opportunities or risks for us to decide what's next for our business, especially in this new normal? So over to you, Ashran. Looking forward to the presentation.
5: OK, so I'll, I will try to kind of take on from what Venu and Ibu Mia has already kind of shared in different contexts. Um, and, and, and the conversation today is I'm trying to take it from uh, as an applied side as possible. Yeah. Um, so again, you know, everyone talks about the new normal. Um, but the fundamental question uh, to everyone is that what does that really mean to me? Uh, what does that mean to my business? How can I really use this information uh, to make key decisions? And um, what I'm putting on the table here to everyone that's uh, listening this, this, uh, uh, this webinar, it's about new normal thinking. Yes, we talk about new normal, uh, but what I'm kind of uh, pushing this to everyone is that uh, new normal thinking is that you cannot start thinking based on just demographics. Uh, everyone always has a product, they've got a particular demographics that they're looking at. Um, with this whole pandemic that we've uh, put across right now, uh, people, different people react differently, right? And, and it's not necessarily just based on how old they are or what their income levels and so forth. Uh, there are other aspects of individuals um, that is going to affect um, pretty much things that Ibumiya and Venu mentioned just now. Um, those are what uh, the, the trends and things are moving. But I guess again, to the businesses, while I know that, how do I then take that next uh, step? So, um, sorry. So when we talk about um, uh, reimagining consumers, uh, our our goal in engaging with a lot of business owners is about how can you actually identify opportunities? How can you mitigate risk with regards to this recovery period and beyond? Because at the end of the day, you want to see something and you want to take some action, uh, some within the shorter term, uh, some perhaps uh, thinking about what you need to do beyond that. And we're gonna put uh, um, a framework together that looks at consumer comfort, confidence, um, consumer readiness, uh, do some correlations with regards to that. Uh, I'm not sure whether Zvenu or Mia just now uh, shared about what other things that people are doing when they are locked in the house, right? So we're gonna take a few perspectives uh, here. Um, I'll skip this. I think everyone kind of just pretty much kind of appreciates this landscape uh, itself um but the key thing to note is uh just like earlier presentations um the consumer behaviors and the state of flux uh everyone's uh, naturally looking at the focus of business um but the core fundamental of it all um is the need to be agile and and the agility aspects here is because the behavior kind of while some are showing some aspects are showing trends um But, uh, you know, it goes up and down, like uh, I think Venu was highlighting earlier on just now too. So from an Indonesian lens, um, we did some uh, look uh, over the last April, May, mean June, in terms of confidence of Indonesians um, and and, and what they're willing to do and what they're thinking uh, with regards to the variety of things. And these are the key markers that we're gonna put across uh, to everyone. And we looked at it from uh, also uh, more social type activities and, and in terms of their confidence level with regards to those things. Um, I don't want to go to details with regards to this, because I think um, Mia and Venu are going kind to of touch a little bit about this a little bit. But why I'm highlighting this uh, through also um, is that you know, while, while this confidence level that is moving either up or down within all those various aspects, um, you still need to go one level down. Uh, to be able to truly see other aspects, other implications of uh, what they are actually uh, behaving, yeah um, so again, uh, we've added some other new aspects as we looked at some of the behaviors to look at the confidence uh, context. So confidence, uh, if I'm looking at addressing you know uh, business owners or uh, that's running a variety of of, of businesses out there, right. The confidence levels pretty much gives you a certain sense of indicators, right? Um, But it doesn't necessarily directly help you yet in terms of taking that next course of action. Um, So I want to give a context example here a little bit Um, and and taking a dining out example uh, within the Indonesian lens, taking some of the consumer readiness context uh, and, and seeing who, you could potentially uh, target uh, at the end of the day, essentially, yeah? Uh, Because we all have our own premises. Uh, As a fashion business, you know certain segments are your clients. Um, While we talk about the general shifts, but are the existing clients going to be the same clients or not? Are there new sets of clients, segments, that is going to be potentials uh, for what you're potentially doing out there? So what we've done, and I'm looking at data points just between May and June, Uh, And like I mentioned just now, we did not want to look at starting the conversation from demographics, right? Because demographics is what the old norm is. You look at demographics, you try and target them directly. And that's your hypothesis. But with regards to the new norm as you're moving forward, people's behavior is influenced by a whole variety of things. Um, So what we've done is we looked at activities of what people have done during um, lockdown. While they are at home, and correlate to their propensity to want to go out and eat. That's what this chart is showing. So what it's showing in May here right now that those people that's actually consuming media, audio streaming, uh, a variety of shows and so forth, and I think Ben highlighted this, uh, in our analysis shows that they are more eager to go out. Uh, whereas at the bottom bracket, those that are actually cooking at home, they are doing all these other things on the red box, they are more willing to wait even as government opens up. Uh, and as we see in June, as we put it across uh, just now, because the consumers is in a state of influx, right? One month, they're saying something. The next month, they're changing their uh, view on, on, on things. And while the green box at the top in June uh, is, is empty, so to speak, there is nothing significant in terms of correlating um, in June, the people that's doing these activities to the state of readiness that's going out, right? So once you see this, the next question for somebody that's in this line of business is gonna be asking, okay, that's interesting. Can I now, if I'm in the food business, can I now target um, these groups of people or not? Yeah. So what we've done is we look at common behaviors. So our anchor in this particular example that I'm sharing with everyone is about eating out. Um, And and you look at small dots that you see around are activities that they are doing uh, at home and what are the commonalities of that and what this is highlighting is what i would love to say that you know that's more on the positive side but the commonalities is that um if you see all the other boxes uh the willingness to wait right the willingness to wait in terms of all these activities most people who are actually consuming video streaming content audio content are saying that I'm willing to wait first before I go out and go to gym works and so forth. I'm willing to wait before I go to a big social event. I'm generally willing to wait still even going to a shopping mall, all these other services per se. So now you kind of have this lens, you're still asking, right? What do I do? Great that I know all these things, right? So what we've done next is that taking that profile across and giving a picture. So for those who are actually willing to go out immediately based on that behavior that we've analyzed, this is what you see. So again, what we're highlighting here is that usually in the F&B space, you would say my audience or target is a particular demographic, a particular income groups. What I just highlighted to you is that let's change how we look at things. Let's look at the behaviors because the behaviors are supposedly not normal anymore, right? So let's look at what the behavior shifts are and how that behavior shifts relates to your business and what are the segments that you can target. So this is a strategy. If you need to target groups who are willing to go out, these are the profiles of people. And for those that are not so willing yet, uh, and this particular one is that they're willing to wait about a month or so, then your strategy is to target these groups in order to prime them up uh, as and when they're ready. So this gives you that that actionable context. Um, and, and I know you know Sony was asking me this before in terms of you know what do I do, how do I do, and kind of thing. So I'm trying to kind of frame this across into any business out there, whether you're large, whether you're small, um, that you would have that clarity in terms of what needs to be done. And all that I'm presenting here can be seen in both legs whether it is an opportunity for you, or it could be a risk that you need to really think through on what needs to be done, uh, essentially. Um, so I, I'm, I'm done with, with that, because uh, what, what, what we generally look at, at helping people through is walking through that process so that they can discover that opportunity that they're looking at. Um, so I'll stop with that. That's about just short of it for 10 minutes. I'll hand over back to Sony. I hope I've done some, kind of a follow through, I guess, from what Mia and Venu
2: has kind of put across the table. Thank you, Venu, for that insightful uh, sharing and for leading up to the uh, panel. I see there are lots of questions already coming on the quick Q&A, but uh, just to uh, start the panel discussion, I would like to touch on what you just mentioned on your last slide and also ask every panelist now, can you please share a little bit more for someone who is like me, who doesn't really know too much about the value of data, because we are, I've never worked with market research or data companies. And especially now I realize because everyone is saying, you've got to go digital, you've got to follow data. And somebody said to me, if you don't know data, then you are really you know, in the dinosaur age. So <laughs> can you explain to us, for those who haven't yet worked with a market research company, why does data help us, and how? What is the relevance of data today, especially in this new normal? At least anyone who would like to start first.
5: Oh, let me try and, and, and attempt that. Um, uh, well, number one, when people talk about data, uh, I, I don't think it's anything new. Is that the hype of conversations uh, has kind of brought that to visibility with technologies and so forth uh, into the equation? Yeah. Um, But in terms of of what you said just now, um, uh, it's really about maximizing um, your potentials and minimizing your risk. And and when we talk about data is to be able to know, uh, you understand your business, you need to kind of frame in terms of what do I need to know in order to make that next course of action. Um, So so I I wouldn't go to the extent that, um, well, it is, does sound like it's something new, it is just the means of how data has been captured uh, and, and where you can get data and data being available and more accessible to a lot of people. I think that's the game-changing space right now.
3: Yep. Um, uh, if I may add, yes, I agree with what uh, Parashran was saying. Yes, it, and it, it, data has always been there. It's, and it's just about how you use it to to take you know take decisions that can help you grow faster than the others and that's that's the key it's it's always been there since the time immemorial people have been using information and data it's just that it's it's just that what's very critical is about how you use it and and uh, that's where I mean we have been working on for the last I mean I've been working in this data business for the last 20 years and and it, it it's it's something which which where you look at the consumer behavior you understand what's what's motivating people what are the barriers what are the opportunities, and then you use that to find the right strategy for your for your own business
2: Mia would you like to add maybe just
4: a little because uh, asran and also Parfennu already covered most of the points. I just want to add that um by uh, Having data, you can understand the, the profile of your customers, of the users of your products, their habit, their patterns of purchase or consuming or buying uh, our products and services based on historical trend and then patterns of spending. Um, all those mixed together and then you can shape your products and services to better suit your targeted cons- uh, customers. But what I want to see here also is that um companies don't just need data on its own but also needs uh, a good mix of data with business intuitions and um and instincts i mean um data is just data but um without really have the holistic um view uh, of what's happening in the market then uh, it's not going to turn into actions
2: so i think that's all
5: i can't agree with you me more on that yeah <laughs>
2: Thank you. Uh, We have a couple of very good questions, and um, I would like to address one which I am seeing, uh, especially amongst my friends and my immediate circle. And this question is from Sinta Istadi. She says, while we are working from home, many of us have started the home business, offering items ranging from homemade food, healthy drinks, snacks, uh, snacks, face masks, and even face shields. Is there any study on this phenomenon? How big is this business? And is there any insight from any of you as to how business homeowners can get more con- consumers? Have you seen this trend also in doing, while doing your research?
3: Uh, maybe I can go on this one, uh, if you're okay with that, Sony. Please. Yeah, so uh, what we track at Kantar, uh, and I'm sure also at Nielsen, is a lot around branded products. Those which are barcoded, and hence uh, the products that you probably are making at home, and I'm guessing they would not be barcoded, they would not be branded. So we wouldn't, we are not tracking that. But from the, from what we are tracking among the branded categories, we do see that there is a very sharp increase in people buying products for health reasons, Uh, and I, I think I touched upon that also in 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 my section where i talked about dairy categories going up significantly Uh, a lot of people aren't and also within foods people are doing a lot of cooking at home people are also buying a lot of uh, frozen ready to eat food so they just bring it home microwave it for four minutes or six minutes or whatever and then and then they they consume that so so there is definitely a significant movement to that and as uh, i also pointed out that staying at home is still being preferred people are still a bit concerned about coming out and you know going back to their 2019 behavior if i were to say that uh, so so these categories would continue to do well uh, and and i think one of the ways which which uh, we have seen a lot of um, you know entrepreneurs use this is through the social media and and uh, we have seen that social media has has increased consumption of social media. So, so, so sailing, selling through WhatsApp or other mediums is, is definitely a good way to go and reach out to those consumers. Thank you.
5: Uh, Sony, can I add on a little bit to yes. Venu? Yes. Uh, and you. And to Cinta's uh, uh, question, right? And, and I think a lot of the studies will, will kind of um, measure the larger volume uh, branded items, as Venu said just now. Um, but one of the things uh, in order to, if I were to give an example to your question, to be able to identify opportunities uh, in terms of homemade stuff, uh, to be able to push out, your target segment would be those consumers who are not too brand conscious, okay. right? So, so this is where Ibu was saying, right? Data is one thing, but to be able to correlate data is an important uh, skill set a little bit. So in this context, you will actually look for people that's not brand conscious and then cross that, that segment uh, to their buying patterns. So if they are willing to buy food and they are not brand conscious, then those are opportunity segments uh, for home-based businesses to be able to tap. Because if they're very loyalist to the brands, um, then it's not going to be able to do shift. And, and with regards to these things, especially for home businesses, For home businesses, it's not about how large that share or the pie in comparison to the larger brand, right? Uh, Because you're not trying to capture the scale of what that larger brand is. Even if you're able to get a slice, that's huge already, right? So look for those guys that are not brand loyal to any product category and then start targeting to those groups with your own brand. Chances are you'll get conversion because they're more exploratory in that nature.
2: That is exactly what is happening. Yeah, Mia, would you like to add?
4: Yes, please. Uh, maybe I have um, another point of view to, to talk about. So based on our um, global uh, Nielsen study, um, it is identified that there are six uh, consumption dynamics or consumption changes in this uh, regeneration to the new normal area. One of them being is origin preference. So people would tend to and this is across countries yeah uh, happening uh, people would tend to trust more products that are sourced from local or buying products from proximities um, yeah basically that's uh, that's what's happening and that includes home industries so um, in Indonesia based on my um, personal observation and also some, some experience um, looking at my friends um, from the social medias uh, we see that um, Yes, it is blooming, yeah? uh, we don't know yet how big it's, it is and how big it's going to be. But for sure, um, a lot of people is actually um, preferring those products because of that um, origin preference um, hypothesis. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Um, but then also because they want to help the economy. So when they see from their Instagram or from Facebook that their friends is actually baking something or selling something related to what they need at the moment because they are working from home or staying at home, per se, um, then they would just instantly, I'll have it. I'll have it too. I'll have it three. you know, Because of the spirit of helping. And Indonesia is very famous of gotong royong, right? Um, uh, It's it's, uh, very, very family-oriented or um, very um friends oriented so that actually helps um, this little business to grow what it what they need to grow further in the future is that if they can really nurture this um, little business of their own and, uh, from from home by um, you know uh, adapting technology more um, you know utilizing social media in a wider scope or maybe even partnering with um vendors or suppliers that can help them better, that can help them with, I don't know, maybe like inventory management um, or customer service um, responses, you know, this kind of thing. Because um, for for um, staying at home moms, when they do business, they still have a lot of things to, to juggle with, you know, the children, the house, the cooking, and then they don't have time to swiftly respond to any request or, or any orders coming to um, their cell phone, right? So they would need admin uh, administrators to do that. So that's a little example of how the small micro business um, to grow further in the future. So that's my two cents, thank
2: you. Yeah, from what I've seen, the friends who are very Instagram and WhatsApp savvy, they're doing very well and those <laughs> who are actually very creative they can cook well or they can make products well, but they don't have an Instagram following. They're struggling to sell their products. There you go. But Those <laughs> who are true. taking videos and uh, putting uh, uh, photos every six hours, they are really selling very, very well. And mm-hmm. I think as Mia mentioned, women, we have a very good fan buildup. We all, we all are supporting one another and precisely that, oh, I'm at home. I can bake. Let me make some cookies or some uh, bread and then sell. And everyone's buying, you know. And uh, (laughs) I'm wondering whether this is actually affecting the the restaurant business because some people feel that home cooked is safer than outside cooked. Is that the trend also that shows up in your data?
4: Not so much from from the data per se, but yeah, what I mentioned earlier is more on the um, observations. Maybe we can, that's actually a good idea. Maybe we can do a little survey on that uh, in the
2: near future. <laughs> and actually the uh, next to, question to is, next is question, for you. Sorry.
5: Yes, sure. If I can add a little bit sure. uh, that, on that front, right? Um, uh, again, back, back to even what Mia was saying just now again. Um, in order to be able to optimize the value of data, in answering some of the questions that you highlighted just now, right? It's it's really about looking at different things. So you were saying, this, if certain groups of behavior by cultural sentiments is as such, and you combine that with another type of behavior, hence you get that traction with regards to to, to home. That's where opportunities comes about, yes. right? Uh, and, and naturally, a lot of people are just going on gut feel. What I can do, and just kind of just try out and things and so forth. Um, gut feel can naturally carry you to some point. Um, but if you're trying to just grow that on to the next level, um, gut feel can be sometimes risky. Um, and, and you need that sometimes validation uh, before you make that next level investment, no matter how big or small that is, yeah, um, uh, in whether is this the right path or not. It looks right, it feels right. I just need that last data point to be able to then contextualize that through. Um, so, it's helping people to kind of see different things uh, in, in what they're looking out for. Yes.
2: Thank you. And Mia, there's a question especially for you. And this is from Haru Lim. He's saying, I wonder why health spending will be decreased across all SES, while actually people need to address more concerns on health.
4: Okay. Um... Health that uh, that you that you all seen in the uh, in my yeah, previous chart, yeah. yeah. sorry. Um, it was actually um the amount of money spent when you go to the doctors when you have to when when you are really sick and then you have to see the doctors. You know. Um, uh, the, the, the hospital fee, uh, the doctor's fee, and then uh, buying medicine from the pharmacies, those kind of um, uh, costs related to, to the health spending that you see uh, that you saw um, declining. but uh, yes, understand your point that people are nowadays more concerned on their health, so they spend their money on FMCG uh, products uh, that are related to health. So Fene was also mentioning something about dairy, which is also for um, body immunity, that is very true. And then from our um, pharmaceutical data um, from the consumer panel, um, household bought vitamins, like loads of vitamins. And those are included in our FMCG spending. So as you saw that the FMCG spending was increased, part of it was pharmaceutical and also food um, food and dairy, and also some home care. So that is the spending on health, where where people buy their products to maintain their their immunity, to to keep fit, to keep healthy. Uh, But at the same time, the health spending um, from having to go to the hospital to see the doctor is declining across all these SES. If they don't seek or if they only have minor symptoms, they would prefer to stay at home because if they go to hospital, the risk of getting infected is actually higher. (laughs) So that's... (laughs) that's why two cents on the uh, data thank hope you hope that answers your questions uh,
2: the next question is for venu and it is from hastin dian angriani she's asking what is your prediction on channel destination specifically mini markets going forward in the new normal will the trend still go up as per your slide
3: um, yes and uh, so see the two things that are happening here on mini markets specifically and it is not just a trend that we have seen now uh, mini markets has been the channel that has been expanding its uh, footprint across indonesia and even within within each of the cities uh, and they have been increasing the number of stores and at the same time, they're also getting more closer because as you increase the number of stores, you kind of get as, that much closer to the, to the residential areas, to the consumers. And in this time where people are a bit worried about stepping out and going somewhere, the proximity channel is where, what becomes important. And I think that's what is helping the mini market to grow even a bit further this year as compared to the previous years. And I believe this trend will continue.
2: Thank you. This is an interesting question from Paulus Bambang of Astra. And this is, I think, for all of you. He's saying that following your survey results, the conclusion is that the economy will go down worse, at least in the next quarter, due to consumer spending behavior, as you all have shown us, based on the research. And the impacts could be that some companies may go out of business, unemployment will rise, and many people will lose their income. In your opinion what can companies do to change this behavior in order to protect the economy and bring it back to some kind of normal again or do we just have to adjust to this new normal any ideas
5: Um, I'll I'll take a first stab at it Um, (laughs) uh, I I think it it comes back to what I mentioned earlier on about agility Um, and having clarity with regards to the level of impact uh, your particular sector of business is doing. Uh, And when we talk about agility, uh, you may end up needing to decide not doing the business that you're doing. And you've got to make that decision fast enough. Um, They've got to reflect what is core asset within your business and how you can repurpose that asset for a new opportunity out there. And if you wait too long to make that decision, um, then you will not be able to uh, help in protecting the economy back to normal again because there's a ripple effect after that.
2: Anyone would like to yeah. add to that? Yes.
3: Yeah, just to just, just to add to what uh, Pashan is saying, it is it is true. I mean, all of these. I mean, the, all, most economies uh, around the world operate in a bit of a circular way. So every. So if you've got more people going out, you've got more spending happening, then obviously it leads to economy growing and it leads to more employment and then it leads to more consumers and, and so on, right? It's, it's a circular thing. And here we have a situation where uh, in that circle, one of those points has been put to a stop or, or, it, or there's a huge reduction there. And then that then has a ripple effect or a domino effect as we call it um, across various industries. And we are seeing that today, like, like travel is going down. We are seeing that, yes, um, a lot of people are, uh, are being put on furlough or even having to lose their jobs. So so obviously, uh, and uh, to, we have to reinvent ourselves in terms of what, with, with the skill sets that we have of our people and what the business that we are in, what is it that I can reskill ourselves and, and uh, use that to reinvent my business and see how I can get back my consumers maybe doing a different set of things.
4: Um yeah maybe I just um add a little bit more from what Pa Asran and Paenu have mentioned before. So yes correct um I totally agree with Pa Asran that agility um, companies really must have um nowadays and also speed and also care for customers and technology adaptation. You know um technology has, has been I think has been developing um, much further in the past three months at least, yeah. Um, consumers uh, have been exposed more to technology. So I think um, in terms of surviving um, for the for the companies in order to market their products uh, and services, there are things that um, consumers usually look for um, in a product or a services. First one is the access to information about the products that you are offering. Yeah? It has to be easily accessible. Uh, they have to be aware, yeah? quickly aware of your products and services. Second is about the interactiveness with the customer service, right? Um, speedy response and then the easiness for them to ask at any time, ask from the chat, um, mobile phone or um, email or internet or anything. And then also the third one would be access to choose, uh, the ability to choose variants, um, products, uh, type, flavors, or colors, selection of your products. And then the fourth one would be um, easiness of transaction um, and payment options. Yeah. And then the fifth will be, uh, the last one would be um, easiness or practicality of delivery uh, of your product um, or where the consumers can pick up the product or um, directly benefiting from what they have purchased. So I think those are the, the five key elements um, for companies nowadays. Hope that concludes. Yes.
2: Yeah. Thank you, Mia. And what, what all of you have shared is actually what I have seen in the last three months that where I've been slow to respond to online requests, I've lost the sale. Yeah, because sometimes...
4: Hopefully you do better for yeah, this.
2: <laughs> because sometimes it comes in off, off office hours or we are not yeah. looking or the store is closed. So we are not looking at the WhatsApp or the Instagram. And uh, I think we will end now on that. But I've, I've clearly seen the value of data. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your research with us. And to everyone who is watching and still listening, thank you for your time. And the decks will be shared by the BritChamp. So don't worry, um, everything that you have seen will be shared with all of you with permission from each panelist. And I think just to summarize what we have just discussed, basically, as Mia said, it's really about engaging and giving a valuable experience to the consumer. And that includes also offering them some level of trust because I think this is what is important right now with all this unknown with this COVID-19, that if they feel that they have, uh, they can trust the seller, they have a relationship. And even though we are all now distant, but it's actually a time where we can collaborate because everything is being done online. So we shouldn't worry about the distance because online brings it to our doorstep. So I'm learning and I think we all have learned that there are many, many opportunities, although we may have lost quite a few but the future is not bleak if we are willing to change and all the data is there for us to see the, the natural uh, flow of things. So I think you all agree with me, right?
3: Yes, you do. thank you. Thank so, you.
2: Thank you very much. If you would like to, um, for those of you that we didn't answer the questions, we will try to answer it maybe later via email. And for those who are non-members but would like to be included in the Britcham mailing list, please do write your email address even in the q and uh, so that our team can uh, keep sending you invites for our future events. There should be another professional women event soon as well. We usually do one a month and we look forward to seeing you again. And if you see the slide that is on screen, it presents uh, all the ch- uh, upcoming webinars of Britcham. So please do join us. We have an event, almost one or two events a week. BritCham is very, very active. The team is doing fantastic work, even though they're working from home. And I would have to say that if it wasn't for the team of BritCham, we wouldn't have this webinar today. So thank you so much to them. I'm eternally grateful. Thank you to all of you for joining us and staying with us until the end. Thank you to all the panelists for your valuable time your research and your willingness to support our group and on that note we will say goodbye so thank you again and see you next time
3: thank you, thank you.